welcome to Camera Shake Podcast, episode 110, the podcast where we talk about photography, videography, and anything that's got anything to do with any of that. And when I say we, this week, it's only me, because Nick is away on business for this week, so unfortunately there's no way that we can be together, but we thought we'd try something different. Today is a bit of a kind of a solo flight, if you want to call it that, um, but we thought, you know, we've there were so many uh, interesting things to talk about that we thought, um, why not just do uh, a solo episode this time and then we're back in room together from next week. So that's basically, that's basically episode 110. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit shorter, short and sweet, short and sweet. That's how we want to do it. Now, there's lots of things um, that, you know, lots of things have happened this week. Um, it's been a really busy week and a lot of headshots and lots of other things uh, that have come to fruition. But um, I was asked a really interesting question uh, by one of my friends uh, this earlier this week. And the question was, should hobby photographers charge money for their photography? And I know different people probably have different opinions when it comes to that. But let me talk about it now let's talk about it and uh, let's see if there's an answer to that so should hobby photographers charge for their photography now I have a of course a personal opinion about this and uh, I'm just gonna dive right into that because well I think they probably should and there are a number of really good reasons for that now why should they charge? Well, guess what? Photography actually costs money. Anybody who's gotten into photography, either you know whether that's as an amateur or whether it's as a hobby or professionally, knows that photography isn't cheap. Um, there are lenses to buy, there are um, camera bodies to buy, there are tripods to buy, there are all sorts of different paraphernalia that we need. You know, um, from SD cards or memory cards in general uh, to all sorts of different SD card readers to backdrops to backdrop stands to lighting stands to lights to grip and you know clamps and everything else so all of that stuff costs money and and it isn't cheap and of course the thing that nobody talks about usually when you know when it comes to that sort of thing is your time your time and your skill and all the effort that you've put into your into your skill and your craft over your potentially years and years and years, all of that has value. And so in a sense, it's only fair that somebody, you know, recompenses you um, for that. But do we always have to charge or should we always charge money or then may there be uh, situations where we might want to do it for free? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, so you know, my first point is really you have a monetizable skill. So it's really a skill that's very specific. I mean, although in this day of day and age of, you know, iPhone photography, probably everybody thinks they're a photographer to a degree, but actually it's much more of a specialist skill than, uh, you know, than, than your regular person uh, assumes maybe. You know, uh, there's a difference between a snapshot and a photograph. We've talked about this many times before. You know, uh, knowing how to light somebody, you know, a person, if it's a portrait shoot, or you're knowing how and when to take really awesome street photography, um, or how to shoot, you know, buildings and properties and all the rest of it. Um, you know, if you want to get really good at that, you need to invest a lot of time into that. And when you're doing work for other people, then, you know, it's a monetizable skill. Absolutely. I've already mentioned it, you know, gear is expensive. That's my second point. <laughs> we all know this. I don't have to talk about it. Everything's bloody expensive. Um, but, you know, let's talk about gear for a minute. 
do you, as a professional photographer, do you have the latest and greatest gear? Well, no, you really don't. In fact, I know a lot of uh, professional photographers, meaning photographers who make a living um, you know, of photography, or it may just be a part-time hassle. Hassle? Hustle. A part-time hassle. Sometimes it's a hassle. But you know, <laughs> it's a part-time hustle. If it's a part-time hustle, you know, still you still have to invest the same amount of money into it. It doesn't really make much of a difference. Um, you know, uh, I know a lot of a lot of professional, you know, photographers who, you know, don't shoot with the latest and greatest gear. Uh, they don't shoot with the latest um, camera body. You know, may not even have moved on to mirrorless cameras, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, in order to create good photography, uh, it's really not necessarily about the gear. Although some people may disagree, but you know, you can. I mean, if you just think about it, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, there were people who could create awesome photography, no doubt. And 20 years ago, gear wasn't any, any way, anywhere as, as uh, good and as advanced as it is today. So it was still possible. Yeah. So what does that say to you? It means it does ultimately come down, you know, come down to the skill set of the photographer. Um, now, th the other thing, and this is really very similar to what my experience has been in the music business, you know, uh, years ago is that others make money from your photography when they use your photos. So it might be, for instance, that, you know, uh, you do a, a band shoot for, you know, a band, you know, that you know. Um, and of course, you know, that band will then go and they will promote themselves with your photography, you know, on posters or flyers or on their website or social media or whatever. And they will promote themselves in order to land gigs that they potentially get paid for. So along the line, you know, somebody else is making money. And if the band plays in the venue, then the venue makes money and the promoter makes money and the people that work behind the bar at the venue make money and everybody makes money except for you if, if you're the one who's given their work away for free. And that doesn't really seem very fair. Um, and in music, it's you know it's always been the same. It's the band's always the last, the last one in the food chain. You know, if you're the musician or if you're you know if you're the band, everybody gets paid before you, uh, and somehow you're the one who's providing the entertainment. Again, doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem particularly fair, but it's just the world we live in. Anyhow, so other people make money from your photos, so why shouldn't you? is you know that's that's really the question um you know even if you do you know if you're um doing a headshot for a friend for example or you know for somebody um but not necessarily for a friend but for anybody and they then go and get a better job and they you know get obviously get paid for that then you know everybody's somebody else's again has been benefiting from your work and you haven't so i think it's only fair that that you charge something we're going to talk about how much to charge potentially uh, you know in a minute but but let's just establish the fact that it's probably a good idea um, to get paid. So, and you know, another point is that you spend a lot of time prepping, you know, shooting and then editing. So that's your time. You know, you're prepping a shoot, maybe you have to go and, you know, uh, suss out the location, for example. You know, um, you, you know, you have to travel there potentially, you know, have a look around, um, you know, find a location, do some research and you know, all oh, that's time. Um, you might have to prep some gear, you know, you may even have to go and borrow some additional gear if you haven't got everything that you need or God forbid, even higher stuff, which again, costs you money and, you know. So then there's the actual shoot. Um, and again, all of that is time and you're using skills that you've developed over a long time potentially. And 
yeah, it just seems fair that you get somehow, uh, you know, somehow paid for that. And of course, then there's the editing. And, you know, we all know how much time we spend in front of the computer, you know, as a photographer, it takes potentially it takes a long time. And, uh, you know, the band doesn't see that, the, you know, if you're doing a band, I'm talking if you're doing a band shoot, um, you know, the band turns up or the talent turns up and they're there for like an hour or however long it takes for the shoot. And then they go home and then they wait for the images. What they don't know is the hours that you've put in beforehand and the hours that you're putting in afterwards. And really, uh, well, all they see is, is an hour of your time. Why should they pay you a few hundred quid or something, you know, dollars or wherever you live? whatever your currency of choice is, um, you know, what I don't see is, is all the other stuff that goes into creating this image. And, uh, and so, you know, you sometimes get these, you sometimes get these, this kind of attitude. It's like, Oh, why is it so expensive? You know, well, because that's what goes into it, you know? Um, and, uh, and so on and so forth. Anyway, so there are just a few reasons why, uh, why I think that even if you're doing photography as a hobby, when you're doing work for other people, it's only fair that you get paid in some way, shape or form, whether that's money or whether that's in another way, that's something we'll, we'll address in a, in a minute. But anyway, I think I've established that I think it's probably a good idea to get paid. Right. So let's move on from that. Um, the next question is, is really how much should I charge? Well, that's akin to asking how long is a piece of string? Because I have no idea, zero idea. Um, you know, it, I don't know, should you charge 10 bucks or should you charge a hundred bucks or should you charge a thousand bucks? Well, let's find out. Now, I mean, the first thing you get to think about is, is really, you know, what, what's your market? And I know it sounds very marketing, E <laughs> whatever, but you know, if you, let's say for instance, um, let's say you're, you want to do some headshots, um, you know, on the side, incidentally, that's, that's kind of how I started a model, you know, headshot business. Um, the first thing you can do is actually just look around and see what the competition is doing, you know, and most likely you find a vast range. So in my area, for example, I'm very close to London. Um, you know, it really ranges from, you know, that's a dude who charges 60 pounds for headshots. And then, you know, not far away from where I am, there's somebody else who charges 400 pounds for a headshot. And then not much further, like right over there in town, there's somebody else who might charge a thousand pounds for a headshot. And, and so they all have their reasons for why they charge what they charge. And the best thing I think for you to do is to just establish where you sit within that market. You know, what, do the others, the competition, what do they have that you don't have? Or what is it that you can bring to the table? And where does your work sit? And this is really quite important. You know, where does your work sit within all of that? Do you think, you know, the guy who charges 60 pounds, you know, is your work similar to that? Or is it, do you think it's better than that? You know, um, is it more in the, you know, if you compare yourself to somebody who charges 200 pounds for a headshot, is it more like that? Or is it more like in the 400 pound range or wherever it may be? But it's a good idea to really just get, get an idea and then, you know, to see where and be really quite cool with that. I mean, you know, we got to be, it's difficult to be objective, of course, when it's your own work, but you know, we've got to kind of step back and, and really look at, you know, some images and go like, oh man, that's, you know, that is lit really well. And it's actually, you know, 
that looks better than mine. Or, you know, or like, you know, well, actually, I think I could do a better job than that. You know, we just have to be fairly realistic um, and, and throw all the arrogance and, you know, and all that out of the window and just kind of really literally see where we fit in. And that gives us sort of a ballpark. That's not by far, not all of it. And I think, you know, that works really well, especially if you're doing photography as a side hustle <laughs> or side hustle. You know, uh, as a side hustle, then, uh, then that form of, of charging is is a good way to start. I mean, at least that gets, gets you into a ballpark. There, there are many other factors that come into it when it comes to uh, establishing, you know, your fee structures and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's probably a, a good sort of uh, a good ballpark figure, just so you know that you're not undercharging and also you're not totally overcharging, <laughs> ripping people off, you know, because uh, that'll go around very quickly, you know. Um, okay, so then the next question is, you know, how much am I worth? I sort of addressed that in, in the last bit. Uh, how much am I worth? Well, you're probably worth more than you think. I think especially with people starting out in the beginning, you know, a lot of the times people sort of undervalue themselves. They kind of go, oh, well, I'm not sure. I've never charged anything, you know, any money for what I do and I'm not really that confident and wherever I look on Instagram or wherever, you know, online, I see other photographers and other work that's so much better than mine and I'm just not worthy. All right. Um, and so the first thing I tell you there is just forget about that. I just throw that out of the window because that's BS. You know, you're definitely worthy and, uh, and it's really important. It's really important to, to understand that, you know, as a photographer, it's, you know, it's, it's important not to undersell the quality of your work. Um, again, you can kind of benchmark that in, in the ways that I described a second ago, you know, and, but just be like, you know, be realistic about it. And, you know, I kind of go like, well, yeah, I can, you know, that's, that's the bracket that I can, that I can fit in, uh, you know, and of course, I mean, I mentioned some, some definitive numbers. Remember that every market is different and you just have to look around, um, you know, near where you live, do you live, you know, do you live uh, in a big city? Do you live on the outskirts um, of a big city like I do? Or do you live out in the prairie somewhere, you know? Um, it's, numbers are gonna be different, you know? Uh, the market in, in the US is gonna be different from the market in Canada. It's gonna be different from the market over here in the UK. It's gonna be different from, you know, uh, your market, wherever you are. Actually, in fact, that's always an interesting thing to know is let me know where you are um, because again it's always super interesting to uh, to hear from people who are listening to the show and um, you know we're always interested in knowing where you're from and you know wh where you are when you listen to the to the show so make sure you know you send us a message uh, on Instagram or uh, leave a little comment or something like that um, that would be awesome anyway so um, yeah, don't undersell your work. Now, that's really important. First of all, it's important for you because, you know, I think it's important for your confidence and for your self-esteem. And um, But it's also really important for the industry um, as a whole because the, the minute we start to undersell our own work, we're really dragging everybody else down to the bottom with us. You know, it's um, so undercutting, you know, other people is is not, a clever business strategy. You know, once you undercut others, um, it's it's just a race to the bottom, just generally. And, you know, nobody wants that. So, you know, in a sense. Um, the other thing is, 
if you undercut and if you go in right at the bottom, it's really, really difficult to get out of that hole. It's very difficult to establish yourself in a higher price bracket if, if you're starting right down there. You know, I would always say, you know, be realistic about the quality of your work and kind of place yourself somewhere in the middle. You know, when I first um, set up my first photography, you know, a photography business and I, I had to think about, you know, where my price points may be potentially, um, you know, I had to look at uh, maybe 10, 12 different photographers in my wider area. And I just plotted it out on a chart and I basically worked out, okay, well, this is where the average is. And I had to look at what kind of services they're offering because that's very different as well. You know, some people, um, some people charge in a, you know, a straight up all in fee and other people have like a pricing menu where you can put your, you know, your product together. You know, there might be a, um, a fee for the shoot itself, you know, a session fee, and it might be, you know, other things that you can add on like additional photographs or whatever. Um, you know, people in the wedding industry know all about that. Um, it's, you know, so, it, so you can kind of compare, sometimes it's, you know, you're not really comparing apples with apples, but you kind of, you know, you know what I'm saying, you're getting, you're going to get there. And then you're going to get an idea as to where, where you would sit. Um, and, you know, just be confident about the fact that you're, if you're thinking about charging for your photography, I, I think you're, I mean, you're most likely going to be good enough and, unless you're completely deluded, <laughs> you know, but you're probably going to be at a level where, you know, yeah, I mean, you can, you can totally, you can totally charge for, um, you know, for your work. So, you know, th that's, that's the, the barrier very often, I think, psychologically is when people just, you know, can't get over the, is my work good enough? But I mean, you know, as soon as, as soon as other people tell you that you're, you know, th that your photographs are really nice or you're a really, really good photographer, you should probably take a little bit of that in, you know, and, and use that to build up your, your confidence. Um, now I've already mentioned earlier that photography is expensive. Now, when you put your pricing together it's super 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 important to really take a really hard look at what i call the right way of accounting now what i mean by that is there are a lot of things that go into making a photograph that you might not necessarily be aware of really right off the bat um, and uh, unfortunately all of these things cost money so you know it starts with at the, at the very very start of it it starts with I mean, your gear, you know, your gear is expensive. The maintenance of your gear is expensive. Um, you know, repairs and all that kind of stuff are expensive. You know, it's not only the in initial investment, but it's also actually maintaining your gear over time, you know, and that's, that's true for everything. Like from the lenses to the camera bodies, to the bag that you use, you know, um, you know, you might have, I don't know, you might be lucky and get a job where you have to travel, you know? So all of a sudden, like, you know, it's your little camera bag. Is that, is that going to cut it on a plane or do you need something, you know, bigger? That's also immediately going to be a lot more expensive, you know? So as photographers, we spend money on all sorts of crap, pardon my French, um, especially bags. I love a bag. I love a good bag. Yeah. Good bag. <laughs> I love bags. <laughs> Here I said it. I'm into bags. Anyway, um, you know, and, uh, and in saying that, 
again, it's, it's really not actually that vital that you spend a lot of money on the most expensive kit. Like I, when I first started my, my hatchup business, I literally started with some speed lights, really cheap Yongnuo speed lights and, um, and, and a fold up, a pop up softbox that probably cost me 20 quid. Like, what is that? $30, something like that. You know, that thing I've shot that to death and I used that for probably about four years or something like that. Um, and it was absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. I thought, you know, it, I mean, really, the pictures came out good. The clients liked it. You know, I got work. I mean, I paid, I paid for it. Oh, it paid for itself many times over, of course, because it was that cheap. And so there was really no reason to buy anything, you know, more expensive. As time went on, then, of course, you, you know, change the type of light you use for, you know, a variety of reasons. Um, and so, and your modifiers change and you, you might want to sort of increase um, the type of products that you can offer. Maybe you want to experiment with different uh, lighting, you know, uh, different ways of lighting, you know, your subjects or whatever, and you need different modifiers. Or you have a job where, you know, all of a sudden you have to, you know, as part of it, you have to photograph a group and then, you know, your little pop-up softbox isn't going to cut it anymore, but you might have to invest in into some umbrellas or some additional speed lights or whatever. So, you know, as as you grow or as your business grows, there will be situations where, you know, you'll have to look at the gear you have and then add to it whether you buy it or hire it. Different thing. Um, so apart from the gear, though, the, you know, the, the next thing is really marketing. I mean, you know, if you want to attract clients, you're going to have to put something into it they're not really just going to come your way. Uh, it's one of the biggest mistakes I think that that people make. Uh, actually, no matter what business you you start, you know, um, whether it's you know whether it's photography or, or if you're even if you're a guitar teacher or whatever, you know, most likely people are not just going to you know walk into your door. You're going to have to do something to attract new clients because you you have to get the word out. You have to somehow get people to know and understand that this is what you do. So that's marketing, you know, and there are many ways that you can market. You can, of course, you know, market via social media or, you know, or, uh, you know, you might have a website, cost money, you know, you get to register your domain name and then you've got to have a host for your website and maybe, you know, although, you know, you can service you can use services like Squarespace and something like that. This video is not sponsored by Squarespace, unlike just about any other video on this channel. Oh, not on this channel, sorry, <laughs> not on this channel, on YouTube in general. Um, but, you know, it could be, um, it, you know, that costs money. So if you're using a service like Squarespace, for example, that costs money. Uh, and if you have somebody else design a website for you, it also costs money. It costs a lot more, a lot more money. So that's expensive. Um, you might want to, you know, run ads on Facebook that costs money, you know. Um, and, you know, generally, if you want to use social media, as a marketing tool, you need to produce content that'll cost you money over time, you know? Um, so that's, that, that's an important aspect. Um, so that's money you're putting in on the front end before you've even attracted a client, before you've even done, you know, a single shoot, you've already spent a ton of money just on marketing your services. So you're gonna have to make that back somehow. Um, and then that's, you know, the, like I said earlier, the pre-production phase, the pre-production phase, is where you do all the planning, you know, you, the location scouting um, and all the rest of it, the time spent with the client, um, you know, on the phone or emails or all the rest of it, all of that 
goes into that. And then, of course, the whole planning for it, you know, you have to plan a shoot like that. You have to think about what kind of gear do I need? Do I have everything I need? Do I need to uh, borrow some stuff or do I need to hire things in? Hire fees, expensive, again, cost money. Um, you know, do I need to travel somewhere? You know, do I need to pay location fees? Location fees is something that I think a lot of people, especially, you know, at the beginning of their career, tend to completely forget about. Very often you have to pay location fees to actually use a location to shoot. Um, you know, there are, you know, travel costs. So you got to get there um, by car. Petrol prices have gone through the roof, you know. Um, so that's that's a cost. Um you know, like I said, higher fees if you need to hire equipment, you know, whether that's lights or additional lenses or whatever it may be. Um, you may have to get somebody else involved because it might be the kind of shoot where you need an assistant. You know, assistants need to be paid. Um, it's easy to kind of, you know, to drag friends in and stuff to to stand in sometimes. You know, in the long term, that's really not going to work because, you know, if you don't, I mean, ultimately, if you don't pay, if you don't pay people, people tend not to be very reliable over time. And you know, when you work with a client, you need to really be reliable. So, you know, so fees for assistance um, is is really something to consider. You know, there's also you know things like insurances. Like in the UK, for example, um, as a photographer, you need to have public liability insurance. That's an on cost. Um, you know, equipment insurance, very important thing. Um, highly recommend you have that, but that costs money too. You know, and then of course. The taxman. The taxman needs to take, or feels the need to take, you know, a lot of your hard-earned cash. And of course, depending on where you live, you know, those percentages may differ. But you know, you can probably say, well, twenty percent, twenty-five percent, or probably if you live in the UK, more like thirty percent, whatever. That's going straight to the taxman, so you can kiss that goodbye. So really, you know, if you were thinking about charging a hundred pounds, you should really probably be charging one hundred thirty pounds just to cover that bit. Man. Um, so all of these things, marketing, pre-production costs, the shoot itself, that's your time, uh, you know, travel on costs, like, oh, actually, if you do, you know, if you do a shoot at home, for example, we think like, well, I'm shooting at home, you know, um, I have a little headshot studio and I can do it at home. So there's no on cost. Eh, you're wrong. There's tons of on costs. You know, the electricity you use, um, heating, the rent you pay for your place, um, you know, all of the utility bills, all of that kind of stuff. All of these things are actually costs to your business in a sense, and and you need to account for that. Um, so all of that needs to go into your calculation when you're when you're thinking. Well, you know, first of all, should I charge for that or not? And you go like, well, I definitely should. I think by this point, you probably agree with me. If you don't agree, if you disagree with me, then you know, again, leave a comment. You know, get in touch um, because. Yeah, it's a, it's a great discussion to have. I'm just telling you what I think, you know, in my opinion. This is obviously, you know, um, opinions different. That's all cool. That's what makes life worth living. Um, anyway, I mean, you know, once you've sort of established that you want to charge for it and you've kind of sort of getting, you know, you get a, a, a ballpark idea as to where your pricing is probably going to sit, then the next the next thing to, to really work out is, you know, what's your pricing model going to be? Like, is it going to be an all-in fee? Or is it going to be more of a, a pricing menu where you can put things together? Or are you calculating your, you know, your your prices in a different way? I mean, one way to uh, calculate your pricing could be, for instance, that you think, okay, so how much do I need to live? So you can basically just do an annual kind of calculation. So per year, what's my rent, you know, or what's my mortgage? 
um, what are my, you know, own costs as far as my house concerned, you know, all the utilities and all the rest of it, you know, what's my car going to cost me? You know, what do I need in food, blah, blah. So how much do I need to earn to live the way I want to live? And of course, that's different for everyone. That's different for you. It's different for me. You know, it's different for Nick. It's going to be different for, for everyone because it really very much depends on where you live, how you live, how expensive it is where you live, and, you know, what your expectations are as well. You know, do you, you know, do you order uh, pizza every night that's, you know, that's going to hit your wallet at some point? Or, you know, do you eat rice or something cheap? I don't know. You know, whatever, whatever your, whatever your grocery bill comes to, um, you know, do you have kids? Do you not have kids? All that, you know, plays, uh, plays into it. You know, do you have other responsibilities? Like for instance, you know, are you married you know, or are you, do you live on your own? All of these things uh, come into it. And so therefore, you know, these things are different for everyone. So you got to just look at your own situation and kind of figure out, okay, I need this much. I need to make this much to, uh, you know, to survive or to live, basically, not necessarily to survive, but to live, you know, the way I want to live. Um, then you get to think like, okay, well, how many weeks a year do I want to work? You know, uh, how much holiday do I want? Like, if you're in North America and you listen to this, you're probably going to be rather jealous. But over here in Europe, we do have very good, um, you know, employment laws when it comes to holidays. So really, people here are used to uh, a, an absolute minimum of 20 days um, of holidays. Um, you know, vacation, vacation days um, a year. Um, and, you know, usually that's more like 25, you know, up to 30 days. So it's a, you know, I know, I know if you, if you're, if you listen to this show and you're in Canada or in the United States, I know it's not quite like that, but you just have to think like, okay, how much do I actually want to work? You know, let's say, you know, out of the 52 weeks in the year, you want to work for 48 of that and you want to take four weeks off to do to go on holiday or whatever. Okay, well, that's now 48, 48 weeks. You can take the amount of money that you need to live on. Um, you need to add tax to that, you know, and you also need to add um, a certain percentage that you want to reinvest into your, into your business. Because remember, there's a cost to running a business. Like I mentioned earlier, things like running a website, you know, keeping the lights on, all that kind of maintaining your um, your gear, insurances, all that kind of stuff. All of that costs money. So there's a cost to running a business. You can work out like how much does it cost to run your business? How much do I want to, do I need to, uh, to live? Um, what's my tax burden going to be? And how much money do I want to have on the side? That's the profit part that I want to reinvest, you know, into my business sort of a thing. Well, and how much profit do I want to make? That's basically that. So you throw all these figures together and you come up with, one lump sum and then you basically say okay well i want to work 48 weeks a year and then you can divide that by 48 and you can basically work out how much money you're gonna you're gonna make per week and then you kind of work you can work out how much money you have to make every day and then you look at that figure and you're gonna faint <laughs> first of all and you're gonna go well I'm never gonna make that much money that's a lot more than i thought i would have to make um you know and then basically from that point onwards you really have you know, a benchmark. So you can really say, okay, well, you know, that's, that's the pressure if I want to do this, you know, this is how much I have to, I have to earn. And, um, then, then that's going to inform you. So if, you know, for instance, if you work out that you need to make, you know, 500 pounds a day to, uh, you know, to survive and pay your taxes and all that kind of stuff, then you're probably going to say no to somebody who asks you to do a photo shoot for 80 quid. It's going to take you a day and a half. It's really that easy, you know? So, 
so that's one way of of looking at it. Um, now, I mean, and then of course, when it comes to your specific type of photography, there are always multiple uh, pricing models. And again, that really depends on what it is that you do um, and how you, you know uh, how you run your business. I just uh, I give you an example from uh, you know the world of headshot photography because let's just because I know about that. Um, and we, uh, we've mentioned this multiple times on the show already. So, um, but it's just for you know as a matter of completion sort of a thing. Um, you know, there's a number of different pricing models. You could, uh, you could use the, the sort of traditional uh, package model, you know, where you have different packages, you know, a cheap package, um, a middle package, you know, and, a, and an expensive package. And the thing is, is that most people are usually going to go for the middle package. Um, you know, the, the cheap one's going to be so cheap, it's going to have nothing to it. It's just going to be, you know, I don't know, like say a 20-minute headshot session, you know, somebody comes in, you know, bang, or 10 minutes or whatever you want to do. It's going to be, you know, one headshot and out the door. Um, it takes no time and it's relatively cheap. Um, the most, you know, the, the third package, the most expensive one, is probably going to be all bells and whistles. It's going to have way more stuff in there that, um, that anybody wants or needs, and it's going to be super expensive. And the middle one is going to be really where most people say, like, oh, that's pretty much what I need. Um, and it's, you know, it seems to be good value sort of a thing. So, um, you know, psychologically also, people tend to not want to come across as cheap by buying the, the cheapest package. Um, and, you know, and they also don't want to think, oh, well, I don't want to spend too much money, so I'm probably going to go for the one in the middle. So you'll find that, in my experience, I can probably say that probably 85% or something, maybe even more than that, of um, clients, you know, traditionally have gone for the the middle package. So really, the whole pricing structure is actually based around the middle package. Um, so if I know that I need to make, let's say, for argument's sake, like 400 pounds a day, then and I can book one client a day, if that's what I'm, what I'm trying to do, then um, then I know I'm going to have to charge them 400 pounds. Simple as that, right? Um, that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is to basically charge a session fee. So you could charge a session fee and say, this is how much the session is. And then you can sell additional photographs on top of that. So you can basically say, this is how much the session is, and this is how much I charge per photo. And you know, you can make the session you know, unlimited in time. So if you're thinking, well, I'm gonna book one one client a day, well, you've got a whole day. I mean, you know, some and you think like, well, what if somebody takes up six hours of your time and then only buys one photo? Sure, that's gonna happen. But you're also gonna have the guy who, you know, takes up an hour and a half of your time and then buys ten photos. Um, in actual fact, I did a session not too long ago. Uh, that probably lasted about an hour, hour and a half, and the guy bought 20 photos. Boom. So, you know, there you really just have to think, well, over time, what's going to make me better off? Um, and in my experience, you know, when I changed my own personal pricing structure to that to that structure, charging a session fee plus photos, um, it's, it's meant that I'm actually, um, you know, I'm making more, I'm generating more income on every client on every session that I book. That's absolutely definitely the case. So it, it does actually work, you know, from my own personal experience. Um, so anyway, so, you know, you could also only charge per photo. I've heard that before, you know, that could happen. Um, so there's lots of different ways that you could charge. Um, you know, it's, it's, again, it's worth looking around and see what other people do. Um, but it's also then important to take a step back and then just, you know, make sure that you find a way that works for you. It could be a combination of, you know, 
um, a type of package that includes X, Y, and Z, and they can add on different things. Like, you know, you have a pricing menu and they could, you know, let's say a package comes with three shots and then they can buy other ones on top of that. Um, I've always found that it's sort of, I don't know, mentally it limits people. So if you have, you know, if you say like, well, this package includes three shots, uh, people immediately think, oh, I've got to pick three shots. And then when, it, when they hit that and it's like, you know, that's it. Um, I think if you leave it open, then it lends itself more to people thinking, oh yeah, well, these, these are good. I get this and I get this and, you know, and it's worth spending another X amount of pounds for another, you know, for another photograph. Um, if you keep the time unrestricted, um, it also means that, you know, if your client has a good experience, at bear in mind that, especially when it comes to headshots of portraits, you know, when people first come through the door, they're always going to be nervous. So it's really down to you as a photographer to really get them to chill out and relax and, you know, um, and you've got to make their experience a positive one. And once they're experiencing a positive experience, then, well, they might, they might want to stick around, you know, then it's, then you have a chance to change out different backdrops, you know, to change the lighting a little bit and create a range of different shots. And more often than not, um, you know, if you create five looks more often than not, people will buy at least one shot from each look. That's my own experience. And so, you know, the, the better you are at coming up with different looks and changing you know, things around to give your, your customer a variety of things to look at, the higher your chances of, you know, of, um, of making more money on that particular, on that particular session. Anyway, so these are all things you got to think about anyway. Um, now we could talk about this absolutely forever. I've absolutely no idea how long I've already talked about this. Uh, Longer than I thought I would, but anyway, that's one more thing, one more thing, only one more thing. Um, and that's really when not to charge, because remember at the beginning I said, you know, do we really have to charge all the time, every time we take our camera out of a bag? Well, of course we don't, clearly we don't. I mean, you know, there are many, many, um, many occasions where, you know, um, I'd say I wouldn't charge. Now, I'll give you a few examples, you know, um, one thing, for example, is charity. You know, if you if you're doing a, char a charitable thing, uh, you don't you don't usually you wouldn't necessarily need to charge for that at all. You know, if you're doing something you know for a charitable cause that's close to your heart, um, that you really believe in and you really want to help, then it's absolutely fine not to charge for it. Of course, you don't. You wouldn't. You know, um, I the way I look at that is is that. I like to be in the driving seat when it comes to those sort of shoots, um, meaning that I want to be the one who makes a decision as to whether, you know, I want to charge for that or not, or, or actually whether I want to get involved in something or not. Um, and, you know, and so, and so what that means, I can sort of regulate that throughout the year because, you know, I can say like, okay, well, I've already done three charity shoots this year. Um, I don't really want to do any more. Um, or if something comes along and go like, wow, this, I really, this is a great cause. I really want to be part of that. Absolutely. You know, or it's just something, you know, there might be situations or occasions where you just want to help. I recently, you know, had um, a couple of friends, you know, they're married and, the, you know, they started up in business and they really, you know, their business was, you know, it's a startup business. We don't have any money. They're really good people. I've known them for a long time. And um, you know, they're really struggling with a free photo shoot um, that they had from, you know, by another photographer. Um, and they're very unhappy. And, um, I, I looked at, I looked at the images and I thought, 
you know, I could probably, I could improve on them. And, um, and so I thought from, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, extend my gratitude for their friendship. And so, you know, I thought it'd be a good idea to actually get them in for a session. I didn't charge them because I, I knew they didn't have the money and, you know, that was just something I wanted to do, but that was a decision that I made. It wasn't like a thing of like, you know, Hey, I've got a party. Make sure you bring your camera. <laughs> or, nope. Anyway, um, don't invite me to your parties and expect me to bring a camera. Well, do invite me to your parties. But, and I might bring a camera, I don't know, you know, but anyhow. Um, yeah, okay, so another thing would be like test shoots, right? Test shoots are a really good example um, for things where you wouldn't, you wouldn't charge um, any money. And, and it, I mean, you might even invest some of your money into test shoots, you know, because you might have to get other people in and or props or higher things or whatever. But test shoots are really important because that's how we learn. That's how we improve ourselves. And that's how we move forward and get better over time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really, really important thing. You know, uh, we do it as musicians all the time. You know, when we practice songs that we don't necessarily play on stage, we just like playing them or we like learning them or we like learning the guitar solo of a song. You know, there's no initial benefit in it to us other than the fact that it might make us a better guitar player. So in photography, it's the same thing. You know, test shoots are super important. In fact, um, I linked to an episode with it uh, where we interviewed Joel Grimes, and he told us that for the last 40 years or something, he's been doing a test shoot every week. And so, you know, it's no surprise that he's as good as he is. And, you know, he's so good at lighting and posing and, you know, and everything else because he's just been learning for most of his life, for the best part of his life, you know? And that's really what it takes. So test shoots are a really good example for, you know, an occasion where you wouldn't necessarily charge, where you wouldn't really. And the other thing is collaborations. You know, sometimes it's just fun to work with somebody else. You know, maybe it's a great opportunity. Or again, you know, you can enhance your own skill by working with somebody else. So collaborating with other people is super important. Um, and again, it's, again, it's something you wouldn't, you wouldn't charge for. Another thing that comes up a lot is TFP. So TFP is time for prints. Um, so it's a very common kind of bartering arrangement whereby you give your time or somebody gives their time uh, for prints. So for instance, in the olden days when we were still doing prints, who's still doing prints? <laughs> if you are doing prints, then, uh, then you know, hit us up um, because we uh, were thinking about doing a, an episode on printing. Um, so time for prints. So basically you would get together with a model and, you know, the model would basically give their time for prints. So you would, you know, you do the shoot, the model would, um, you know, offer his or her services for free. And in return, they would get, you know, prints of the photographs. So they come out with something because they can build their portfolio and you come out with something because you've just had a great model to shoot. So everybody's, everybody's, in it to win it, <laughs> essentially. So, um, so collaborations, it, TFPs, super important thing. Um, I mentioned bartering. You know, bartering is often forgotten. That's also a form of payment. You know, when, when we think of getting paid, I think we often think in terms of money. But actually, bartering is a great way to exchange services. You know, maybe there's somebody who has something that you need or that you want. And by organizing or arranging a photo shoot with them, you can barter for a particular service. You know, it could be something, I, anybody who's got kids knows all about bartering. This is like, you know, bringing up kids, it's all about, I think, you know, you're in this negotiation bartering situation every day, right? So you wash the car for me and therefore I take you to the cinema. 
great, it's an exchange of services. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Or I give you a lift to the prom if you, I don't know, do the dishwasher and clean out the rabbits. Standard in my house. <laughs> anyway, so um, bartering is a great thing. Um, it could be anything from, you know, I don't know, getting your car washed. Or, you know, if you're working with somebody else, you know, maybe they have a skill that, that uh, is useful to you. Um, and you know, I could help you out with something and therefore in return you could do, you know, you could do, you could do them a favor and do some photos. You know, when you evaluate um, a barter though, I think what is important is to actually think in terms of like how much is my service actually worth, you know, and then think, okay, well, there's got to be a certain degree of equivalence. I think that's, that's important, you know. Um, and then of course, as always, you know, portfolio shoots and personal projects. I mean, clearly you wouldn't charge for that. You know, portfolio shoots do help you to build up your your portfolio and the return would be that people would look at your website and your portfolio and go like, oh, that's really cool. That seems really, uh, really good value for the money he's charging or she's charging. And, you know, you can, um, you can basically improve your own situation that way. So portfolio shoots are really important. Um, and it's important, I mean, it is important to improve your portfolio continuously. And we're all guilty of letting that rest for probably too long but you should definitely always work on your portfolio. And so, you you know, if you don't have uh, a regular string of clients coming in yet, then, you know, you can get, you can offer that out to many people, you know, friends, relatives, whatever, and, you know, build up your first portfolio that way. But, or you might, you might think, oh, you know, I want to do something very specific as a portfolio shoot. Maybe I can find something to do for TFP or, you know, or some barter or something like that. Um, and then, of course, personal projects. Well, personal projects, you know, um, uh, you know, you can well, you can call them test shoots. We've talked about that a second ago. But personal projects are just things that are dear to your heart and you really want to do. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you wouldn't necessarily charge for that either. So there are many different reasons as to why you wouldn't charge. But back to the basic question that we started this whole thing with: Should hobby photographers charge for their skill of other services? Well, in general, yes. But there are many occasions where I probably wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, so let me know what you thought. Um, I'd really be interested in hearing your thoughts um, about this. You know, are you are you a professional photographer and uh, you already have, you know, very um, definitive thoughts on this? Or are you somebody starting out um, and you sort of thought about maybe trying to earn some money from photography um, and you're just not sure how to do it yet? Um, or are you, you know, maybe an amateur photographer and you're doing, you know, you've started charging for some stuff. Um, or are you somebody who's doing photography as a side hustle? You know, let me know. It'd be really super interesting to hear from you. You can get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch on Instagram, um, on Facebook. Join our Facebook group, by the way. Um, or, yeah, send us a pigeon. <laughs> anyway, that is it. That's all we've got for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, or watching, if you're still doing that. Um, and uh, hopefully from next week, we'll be back in the room together. So that's it. Episode 110 in the can. See you next Thursday.